0: I'm
1: trying prat- alone in the whole universe in thinking what I think about this film. <laughs>
2: what is wrong with you?
1: Sorry, Thea. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I thought it was trite and and I thought the characters were unbelievable. I thought the cinematography started out <laughs> good and got worse. I thought Minnie Driver's character in particular wasn't a character. She wasn't a person in it at all. Isabella Rossellini, she was barely a person. I thought Ian Holm was chewing the sceneries in about three different accents. I thought Stanley Tucci's accent kept dropping. I thought the filming of the actual ultimate a feast and the prep for it in the kitchen. It was way overlit and it was badly choreographed.
3: <laughs> Hello. Joining us today remotely, we have Thea. Hello. Matt. Hey. And as always, Kobe. Yo. And we're reviewing Big Night. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher podcast. Joining us remotely, we have Thea and Matt. If you would like to say hello and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please.
2: Well, hello, FlixWatcher listeners. It's very nice to be here with Helen and Kobe. Uh, Matt and I, along with our absent but uh, thriving co-host, Richard, are from a (laughs) podcast review show... And we do what it says on the tin. We review podcasts and we are delighted to be discussing film this time, taking a break from a
0: podcast to film. It's always quite nice being on someone else's podcast, isn't it? Because you don't have to, you don't have to do the editing. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So can you tell us how you started your, your podcast in the first place and how you choose the films that you choose to review because, you know, Full disclosure, you chose us alongside um, How Did This Get Made. I love How Did This Get Made. It's one of my favourite film podcasts or podcasts in general. So it's, it's interesting to see us up, up, up against them.
1: Yeah. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off a bit, you. Will I have it started? Yes, do. So... Basically, I, I I was having a kind of a crisis and decided I wanted to go to college and learn about radio, which I'd always loved. And then I've got it studied radio and realized what a crappy job it is in terms of wages and creativity and all of that kind of stuff. So I thought, and then podcasts were just hitting really really big. So I was going, yeah, I'm going to be a podcast maker. And so I started making two or three podcasts and thought that I really needed to have a podcast that. I was able to control all of the elements of because I was doing podcasts for businesses and comedians and and all of these people and I was at their beck and call and at their whim so I thought it'd be nice to do something self-contained so I decided I was going to do a podcast review show and I did this kind of, I don't know what it was, this sort of audio essay about a couple of podcasts and um, Richard our co-host said that's shit, That's, (laughs) that's really, really, really bad you don't want to be doing that, here let me help you present it and then we presented it for a while, and Thea came along, and it went from strength to strength. So much so that I, I don't do the other stuff anymore. We just uh, we just do the podcast review show. But it, it took a bit of a lift when Thea came along and gave us that, you know, that cosmopolitan swing. Mm,
2: that's exact that's how I, I when I crashed the party. That's what I said. You guys need some cosmopolitan swing. And and as for. How do we select podcasts to review? Uh, we try very hard to uh, cover all different genre and topics, and um, I like to say the goal is to um, to try and and review very small independent podcasts, the one gal production, all the way up to the big ones with all the sponsors that are from um, anti or uh, the big American houses uh, that have a stable of podcasts and producers now. So Mm -hmm. the, the fullest spectrum that we can. And what I love is we hear from podcasts directly, mostly through our Twitter account at pod review show who are, really submitting themselves to us which is very brave and i appreciate that so when we can we find um, we find a podcast that we can all agree on to review and and do so and then it's between richard and matt and i what have we been listening to kind of um uh, not for homework and then we recommend them to each other and that may be a way because i'm just trying to recall how we found Flix watcher
1: it was you thea i think it was you
2: there see i set that up beautifully (laughs)
3: <laughs> so, do, do you keep a tally? Do you know how many podcasts you've you've reviewed during? You mean, the time? do we have a
1: spreadsheet? Is that what you are yeah.
2: asking? <laughs> yeah. We do. We do. We. That's the
0: real reason you joined, wasn't it? You, yeah. You asked. You asked Matt and Richard if they had a spreadsheet, and they said no. Yes. Yeah.
2: And uh, they really uh, said, "Let me tell you what yeah. I can do for you." Um, <laughs> we have uh, reviewed cumulatively two hundred and sixty-eight podcasts. For uh, a couple of years, we were reviewing three podcasts per episode, and it's been a much better show, much more fruitful conversation between the three of us when we can review two, two podcasts. Right. Yeah, and I'll just say, we're coming up to our one hundredth, so that's that's very exciting. You, you you have surpassed that a long ago, and it, it it's a great feeling, isn't it, to have so much?
0: It's a lovely feeling.
2: Work and content.
0: It's kind of I don't know what you think, Helen, but it, getting to hundred was like. Not that expected not to be doing more podcasts, but it's still like, oh, shit, we've got to 100. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's super odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. We should
3: have got Thank something you. from the Queen for it.
1: Yeah, <gasps> yeah I agree.
3: Where's that happening?
0: <laughs> I'll just bring her up now. Deal. <laughs> uh, well, let's go from reviewing podcasts to reviewing films. Uh, Thea, you chose Big Night. Can you tell us, first of all, why you chose it and then give us a synopsis in one minute or less?
2: Yes, I can. Um, Why did I choose this? I was uh, very happy to see that it was available for... Um, viewing and reviewing. And I saw it in the cinema. This is a film I've seen a couple of times. I, I do like returning to films, so I have, I have done this a couple of times. And every time I think about Big Night, I always think about the first scene in the kitchen. And that scene in the kitchen tells you everything you need to know about the entire film. And it's done so beautifully, so economically. Um, that's one of the first and solid reasons. I love this film. What is this film? It's called Big Night. Uh, It was released in 1996. That's 24 years ago. And it was directed by Scott Campbell. And I've read that it was uh, that Stanley Tucci has co-directing credits, although I don't see that on the screen, or maybe I missed that on the screen. It was co-written by... Okay, well then, I'm clearly not attentive. Um, the It was written <laughs> by Stanley Tucci and uh, Joseph Tropiano. And it's all about food, but is it? It's about a restaurant. Uh, I'll just quote Mark Kermode, who is a, a film reviewer, and he has always said that Tinker Tailor, Social Spy is not a spy novel. It's not really about spies. And I don't think that even though this This story about two brothers who have immigrated to the United States in the 1950s are in New Jersey and have a failing restaurant um, and have one last go to make um, to make a go of it before they break up before the restaurant uh, breaks up. Uh, It's not really about food and it's not really about a restaurant. It's about a beautiful relationship between two brothers and it's about heartbreak. So mm. two brothers come to the United States. They've had a restaurant that's been alive for this a is while. On for
0: more than a minute here, you. <laughs> yeah,
2: Sorry. Stop me. Stop me if you've
0: heard too much. We're we need to, work to. To, we need to. work out how to a, like a stopwatch. On, yeah, we on, need on a timer. Too. You really oh, do. Yes. I'm sorry. It's yeah. okay. So, I mean, Matt, you lose. so what are your thoughts on big? Night? I hope you heard of this film before. And I didn't. I what are your
1: thoughts? Was unaware of it until Thea recommended it. Um, so, do, do, shall I launch into what I thought about the movie? Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> Did you not? No, I didn't like it.
2: What is wrong with you?
1: Sorry, Thea. I was like, "What are we going to come down to engagement later on?" i will tell you, that's not going to be a very high score. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, God, yeah, I thought it was trite and and I thought the characters were unbelievable. I thought the cinematography started out (laughs) good and got worse. I thought Minnie Driver's character in particular wasn't a character. She wasn't a person in it at all. Isabella Rossellini, she was barely a person. I thought Ian Holm was chewing the sceneries in about three different accents. I thought Stanley Tucci's accent kept dropping. I thought the filming of the the actual ultimate feast and the prep for it in the kitchen, it was way over lit and it was badly choreographed. Were you a hold chef, back. Matt? No, no, not at are all. Were you, you a former chef? No, nope, not at all.
0: Okay, bye. <laughs>
1: Do you like food, Matt? <laughs> oh, I love food. I love films as well, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, so, okay, so, for example, the first scene when you see Stanley Tucci's character, a mini driver's character in a, in a in the car. It's like the whole thing came screeching to a halt. Like there was nothing going on whatsoever dramatically. All of the dialogue was written words the actors were saying. There was no human beings. Very, very rarely. There was time. Okay, Tony Shaloub, he's magnetic. He's brilliant. I really, really like Tony Shaloub. I really loved um, Monk, the series Monk. And anything he's in, he's just magnetic. I thought he was great. But he was. He was underserved by a poor script. I thought the scene on the beach at the end between the two of them and then it's one of them starts to walk away and then it's like, hold on a minute. And then they come back and they start talking again and then the other one walks away and it's like, hold on a minute. And they have this fight and it's like, I don't believe any of it. I don't believe you. I don't believe it. it's just a bing, 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 phony bells ringing all over left, right and centre. And I'll tell you another thing, Thea, sorry to go on. I was I was watching it and I was going, oh, no, my God, I'm going to have to tell Thea that I don't like this film and I'm going to have to be really, you know, t- say the truth about what it is. So I went online and and started looking at reviews and I was delighted to find that I'm I'm practically alone in the whole universe in thinking what I think <laughs> about this film. So I'm delighted, Thea, that you're not alone in liking it, but I'll stick to my guns. I really well, didn't yes, like you it. You should,
2: yes. Golly, mosh. Wow.
3: How do I follow that? <laughs> um, I, Netflix keeps trying to recommend this, so I, I put it on my list as um, On on To Watch, and I'd never heard of it before, but since Netflix had been trying to push it on me, I'd, I'd rather a little bit about it, but still no recognition. So I wanted to like this more than I did, and I think it's got a lot of heart, I really, really, really struggled with the accents in it. And all the way through, I was just thinking, I just really, really struggled to, and like you say Stanley Tucci's does drop. And then when it dropped, I thought, oh, he, he, he only puts on the Italian accent, like when he's with his brother or when he's in the restaurant for fun. And he, he you know, he does actually speak with um, an American accent. And then it grows up again. So the, the accents were distracting for me and. I think I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more food in it, I think, because I really enjoy the scenes where they um, – when they were cooking together, when they were serving, and I really, really, really loved the party. I love how they just basically, you know, have this massive orgasm over the food, and they're just like, you know, I can never eat any food again. And I really like that. Um, but, yeah, the I struggled with the accents, and I think that, for me – just made it a little bit too distracting, especially Ian Holm. I've never heard Ian Holm do an Italian accent, and I don't know who his accent coach was, but it was just very strange, and I couldn't work out why he was cast as this character who'd basically been, you know, the the, the first guy to come over and, you know, start things when it was Ian Holm. So it was a, a, a weird casting thing for me that distracted from my overall enjoyment. <laughs> Um,
0: I really enjoyed this I really really enjoyed it and I I, like like Pierre said I really enjoyed it from from the first scene where they're cooking together and you have the brotherly kind of squabble played out in how does this taste it's fine and then another brother puts more salt in it because this is how I do it so as a character piece I think it was really interesting Um, and in terms of how they put food on in a restaurant, I think it's probably one of the most accurate representations of, I'm not doing a chef. But i worked in many restaurants or worked as a waitress, waiting staff and just how things go on behind the scenes. It seemed like a, a plausible way of doing things. Whereas as I love chef, but some of that is just long camera shots over cheese and ham. Um, you know, all the preps, the stuff that goes into the making it and chefs being precious about things uh, was all really accurate. Um, I agree with Matt a bit on, on the, Isabella Rossellini and um, everyone else, oh, and, and Helen on in home, and uh, Minnie Driver. But I, I was still, I was still s- super happy to see those guys on the screen. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I'm happy here. I really enjoyed this, I, and I felt really tense during that. The actual big night, thinking is, is Prima going to tum- turn up? I, re- I was like, really like. I hope, it, I, hope it, I really I was invested. I really wanted it to work for them. Um, which, of course, ultimately, I don't, it just wasn't. Um, so it does show that I was in there in some way, shape or form and was vying for them and, you know, hoping that they would succeed after this. Even though I didn't think one night, even if Louis Prima did turn up, was going to make all their experiences, you know, the better. Yeah, the beach scene was a bit nonsense. But apart from that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I This is a, this is the kind of indie film that I like where, someone's got an idea they want to put something on they want to put something out there and they get a few people together and you can tell it's not exactly big budget but they've got an idea they've made it work and it's got like a thrust and a and a, and a spirit to it which i which is what i take away from it. it's, the, it's the spirit of it the
2: yeah I, I i um i like the way it looks i think i like i always like The detail uh, set designers give, that's always something I find really enjoyable to explore, the background of a film. And the kitchen Mm -hmm. just looks great, and the restaurant is perfectly set dressed. And um, Isabella Rossellini is just so beautiful to look at. And I think that Stanley Tucci's eyes are beautiful to look at. And not just because they're pretty, but because he and Tony Shalhoub, the way they, all the dialogue they don't say to each other, these brothers who've been together, they're so close. But of course, the, the iconic scene at the end where they're sitting next to each other, sharing an omelet, and for a brief moment, they're mm. eating with one hand and have their arms draped over the shoulder of the other, which I'm sure Matt would find just over-the-top melodramatic and inappropriate. No, I like that scene. Oh, he liked that bit. Um,
1: At I, the I, end. Yeah, I found
2: it very warm, and the whole thing is really about a relationship between <laughs> when he, signifying the end. Um, the whole thing about the relationship of the brothers and the tensions between them, and yes, much is periphery. And the big night is the, is the big night. And, and it could have ended. It could have ended in the kitchen without the beach. It could have ended in the kitchen without the beach. Yeah. Um, but I, am I going to watch it again? Go ahead and ask me. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again sometime. A couple of years from now,
0: I'll watch big night to again. the scores. To the scores. We still need to talk about the film a bit more. I was going
3: to say, I, I was I really, I was really sold on um, the era. I thought, I definitely got lost in that and you know I almost for me felt like it it could have been made in in the 50s they really got that down I mean there was so much smoking that I was just oh my god they just smoked all the time like you go to your bank and you get a cigarette and yeah so the, the you know the costumes and the set and everything um I really got behind but um also, it's, 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 when we watch these films and that, um, we recognise actors from later on, so Lev Shriver's in there as well. And yeah, Mr. X J-Lo as well. Yeah, a very
2: young, skinny little Mr. X J-Lo. And Alison Janey is in it as well. Yes, Yeah, I was going to say yeah. Alison
0: Janney, Ali Janney. She's good. And who did Lev Shriver play in
1: it?
3: So daughter, he's man. like um, at, the, at the rival restaurant. Ian oh, yeah.
1: Holmes restaurant. Yeah, okay. You okay. see him. You see, you don't, does he say any words? I think he does. I think he says good evening or welcomes a man or something, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? Yeah.
3: And Ian Holmes, yeah. he
2: did play an Italian. He was in Chariots of Fire as Mr. Mussabini, who was the coach, the, the coach
0: privately <laughs> so There's no precedent, is what he's saying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the the accent was as um what's the word, over over seasoned as it was maybe in this film.
1: I thought that, it, that when he came on screen, I thought, ah, oh, this is what it is. It's a broad comedy because his first scene was so hammy and broad comedically. I thought that that's where the film was going and why did it take so long to, to get there? And then it kind of swerved back away from it. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was very odd. I couldn't make out what his accent was supposed to be at all.
0: I didn't I didn't think he was Italian. No. Um, to be honest, I didn't think about it. Um,
2: I think he was trying think- really, or his character was trying really hard to be American, and to have an American sensibility, right. and he was using American vernacular, and oftentimes not as a native... Well, who's a native? Sorry, I'm not going there. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> a native-born person, maybe, but uh, with uh, English as a second language, and he's just kind of barking it out in, a, in an attempt to fit in. 1950s New Jersey shoreline.
0: Mm. I think this is where... If I'm if I'm kind of imbued by the whole spirit of, of the film of a, a film or a story, then accents I don't I don't tend to I don't tend to notice bad accents don't ent- tend to notice bad wigs because that's if I'm in, if I'm engaged in it which I which I clearly was uh, by this then you know I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll let it fly because I don't I don't necessarily think about that it doesn't take me out of, out of the picture I didn't I don't really recognise in home um, for many things so for me it wasn't like a the
3: Lord of the Rings. Um, like, oh no, you don't
0: like Lord of the Rings. No, see, I know he's the Hobbit, but I mean, what I mean is he's not like he's not like if it was Brad Pitt in that character. Oh, that's Brad Pitt. But for me, is he's, he's another. He's a character actor, isn't he? Yeah. More than uh, than others. So it was Isabella Rossellini and Minnie Driver, who I don't think we see enough of still. She stopped acting. Um, it was those two that kind of like. What are they doing here? Exact kind of thing. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. I was really looking forward to the, from the first few scenes. I thought I, I agree with everybody. The production design is lovely, the interiors and and all of the set dressing and costumes and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, it's like rubbing my hands together. Like, oh, great, this is going to be great. And um, you know, it didn't quite, didn't quite get there for me, Theo. I'm sorry. It's all
0: right, Ben. Um, I love how people apologize to to people for the films they don't like. I, I think <laughs>
3: take it personally. I think also. Um, I didn't buy the romance between Minnie Driver and uh, uh, Stanley Tush either. Uh, Were you you supposed to though? Well, I mean, you've got to be slightly invested in it or else you don't care about the outcome. I don't know whether you're meant to care about it, but um, I I struggle with age gaps in relationships on films anyway. And this uh, is just kind of jarring with me because there's a good 10 years between them in real life and it kind of felt a lot older and the film and i don't know and this, it, is young,
0: this is a young young isn't it
3: yeah as far as we know now yeah i guess so i don't know i, I find him really hard to age with or without hair um <laughs> and I, I really like him he um he had kind of, he had a sort of biggish part towards the end of er which i've been watching recently so like i've got his role of that in my head when i was watching this as well without hair so it's kind of like before before with her and then out with her but I really like him but I didn't buy the romance and then I don't know I thought it was a shame that Isabella Rossellini was only really there to kind of break them up because um, I just think she's really really interesting and probably not really given much chance to show her range and how awesome she is
0: yeah I think that's I think that's fair with, with, with the female characters I think it was great that they're there but I think they could have had a better arc or contribution, because many drivers, character she's waiting for this guy who to potentially propose to her. And then he turns, she turns up at his big night and helps out and does a lot of the work and gets things started while he's floundering around town. Um, and it's, so I, I kind of, I didn't buy that they were, I bought them as a couple, but I didn't think they were going to last in any way, shape or form. So as soon as they're on screen, I was like, well, that's not, I don't need to worry about this bit. This is not going to be a, a thing that I need to worry about. And I thought it was a bit of a weird, thing, weird turn where he's uh, having an affair with Isabella, Isabella Rossellini's character. So I don't think that side of things was turned. I think that, I think that could have been left out mm. of the story. They could have been in there, but the romance side I don't think needs needed to be there. Needs to be forced. But I did like Tony Shalhoub and Alice and Gianni. Um I like that kind of shyness that there still happens of uh, uh, people who are who are s- single and senti lonely and, and it's good to see that kind of appear on screen when it does do
1: yeah i agree with you i think that's the best thing about the th- film that relationship between the two and when he's in a shop and he steps into the refrigerated section that's really mm. really good and uh, and the the, the real there's a real magnetism between the two of them that's very believable, and I think it's you know for me it's one of the only believable things about it. I think the it, no, no, the Isabella Rossellini character and the Ian Holm characters they're just devices. They're not people. They're just this happened because then that happened, and then because this happened, and then that will get us to that place in the plot. I think that's that's all they're there for. And Minnie Driver, she's what is she? She's she's a, a beautiful woman in a dress. That's. Pretty much all she is, she doesn't have any backstory. She doesn't have any. She, she doesn't have anything to say for herself. in particular, apart from, what? What is she? Who is she? Thea, tell me, help
2: me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Matthew. Um, I um, still, Matthew. It's a. Uh, I you know if we let's let's use food as a metaphor. I I I stand by my belief and my attraction to this movie. That the the, the key relationship is the brothers and the Absolutely. the 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 love of the affair of love is between the brothers and the breakup is the brothers and perhaps these other relationships and characters who some are a bit more archetypal and simplistic. Everything's just a garnish, Matt, too the main course <laughs> <laughs> no, okay Bring all right. the brothers you okay, know and, that's a, about- and, and in that case in this case it's okay for me i'm i'm happy to it, it doesn't upset me um maybe in another in another film where there are um very superficial simplistic things happening that would irritate me I, I just think this is so lovely and i think the two brothers together are are beautiful and and kobe like you've said the kitchen scenes the restaurant scenes. and 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 helen the the dinner scene it's just i love it i love all of that and what everything you say and i totally support your right to believe and say it does not (laughs) um (laughs) dampen my ardor for this and i don't think you're wrong i think you need to see the film again maybe
1: no way Um, can well, I let's... just say something? Sorry, can I just say something about okay. food? And you're talking about the food being a metaphor. Well, why isn't it photographed better? Why isn't the actual food photographed better? You know, the, your man, who, who's the, the, Ken Kelsch is the, is the cinematographer, done a lot of work with Abel Ferreira. He's no spring chicken. He knows what he's doing. But th- those the kitchen bits where they're preparing the food and the, when they're serving the food for the feast, it's just... Blazing in light, and they've got, and it looks like they've just got one lens. They've only got a thirty-five millimeter lens walking around the place. There's no nice close-ups. They don't pull away half of, the, you know, they don't pull away half of the actors and then get a nice close-up of the food being served. I wasn't hungry watching it, and any anything halfway decent has got food on it on the screen. I'm going, oh yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't mind a bite of that. Um, and it, but if if it's going to act as a central metaphor or conceit in a film, it should have been filmed better. That's what I think. What do you, Helen? And, and Kobe, what do you think about the way it was fo- shot? Or the way it was photographed?
3: Yeah, I don't remember being offended by the the way the film the food was shot. I, I the bits with the food in, I you know were the my my favorite bits. Um, and as I've said, I've really enjoyed the the meal. But w- what what are we think, thinking? Which bits in particular? Like when he's making the omelette, or when they're when they're throwing the aubergines around the floor?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was, a bit, I was obi- a bit like,
3: oh, there's poor aubergines.
1: Yeah, and and um, what Stanley Tucci's nice skills weren't really up to much, were they? Um, that was another thing. I thought that, they were quite good. Did you really? I just think yeah, you've been I watching thought, too
2: thought was... much contemporary cookery shows, there, Matt.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just, it... I was just looking at and good. I could do better than that. Stanley Tucci <laughs> is
0: someone who is a workman in the in the kitchen. He's there. That, he can he can help out and do things. Yeah, but his he's, he's one not that... a
1: chef yet. Yeah. He, yeah. he was
3: making martinis in lockdown. Did everyone see him on Instagram? He's got a he's got a cookbook in real life.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right <laughs> so what
0: what do you think about okay this is before we get to the scores um this is like clearly like indie film all over it it's actor gets some friends together has a script let's do some things to maybe just see what it turns out like well, how, how does that kind of conceit work for you guys and you know what are your what are your favorite examples of indie films um of this kind of manner
1: well the, do you mind? The, um, Go on. I, I thought I, I thought at certain points in in the film that they were going for this kind of um, loose John Cassavetes type of style. And then, uh, so if you want someone who. Gets a bit of money and goes off and do a film. Then that, that's John Cassavetes is my favourite for all of that. He would go and he'd do something like the Dirty Dozen or Black Friday uh, at a Hollywood part, and he'd, get, he'd, and, and he'd ring up um, his mates Peter Falk and and what's the other name of the other guy? And he'd be like, "Oh, I got fifty grand. Come on, let's go make a movie." So <laughs> um, uh, and he made some fantastic films. So I don't think it compares that well to them. I wouldn't begrudge anybody making a film. And this is the thing about being mean about films. It's like there's so much goes into them and so much love and dedication and craft and time and effort that I feel really bad um dissing them so I don't want to really diss them but Thea what about you
2: Well um I was thinking about uh uh independent films of my of my life that I that I like that I saw that I can recall and the first film uh, on my list is a, a film called After Hours with Griffin Dunn. It was 1985, and I oh, it was so clever and indie. But actually, it, it was it was directed by Martin Scorsese, so I didn't recall that terribly correctly. <laughs> but um, the very first independent film uh, that has lodged in my brain was Eraserhead, and I was very young. I was too young, and I saw it at a midnight show, and it screwed me up for a little while. I know I had nightmares. <laughs> um, I loved 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 Bottle Rocket when I saw it and I still love yeah. um Swingers John Favreau's Swingers. Yeah. What about what about you?
0: I think uh, I was going to I think Swingers was my kind of touch touchpoint uh, in terms of films from someone I didn't know but you could tell they were trying to put a thing together and I love how John Favreau's career has, yeah. has kind of taken off uh, since then. You know, I didn't like The Lion King particularly but I loved I've loved his smaller films like Chef and I love these bigger films like Iron Man and you know the, the other Disney films he's been involved in. So it's you know these things do work. And Swingers is one of my favorite films yeah. ever, and I, it needs a rewatch for me. Have I've you? Only have things like um,
2: just about just about Swingers. Um, have you have you ever watched the director's commentary on on uh, no. back in, when we had DVD? Uh, John Favreau and um, his co-star. I don't know why I'm blanking on Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Um, One of their director's commentary track, they use the um, they use a telestrator like sports commentators do with the orange marker. And so they're drawing on the screen. So you're listening to them say, you know, watch how we shot this. And then this guy's doing this kind of uh, stage left. And then they circle the guy's face and they do arrows everywhere. And it's all quite lighthearted. And it's 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 serious, too. They're talking about their work, but it's it's very amusing. So if you're planning on watching it, maybe try a DVD, go old school.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll definitely do that. What about yourself? Then? indie films? I, I think I'm actually going to pull out Peter Jackson here.
3: Um. Yeah. I mean. I guess.
0: <laughs> sorry, just fo- foisted bad taste on you. Um.
3: um... Yeah. I, I think I have reached a certain point where mainstream cinema wasn't really doing it for me, and I consumed basically American indie as like my main main form. I can't remember what kind of the first one would be i mean all of the films you you've mentioned i haven't seen after hours um but yeah swingers i remember seeing um obviously Wes Anderson yeah the earlier peter jackson ones are um completely different to what he's doing now but even more recently like um, there was a film about maybe 2 years ago called the rider um, which was incredible, um, that I really loved. And I think that's what I'd probably say is independent cinema now. And then just yesterday I went to the cinema for the first time since um, lockdown and saw Baby Teeth, which I guess I'd call that and an independent cinema as well. So for me, that's that's like my my preference. And I there's just so many films that I can't think of one in particular and I can't pinpoint the first one that I saw. I wish I could.
0: I think I just I just I I think I was evoking I think I was thinking swingers when I wrote that. And also it, it's it for me it kind of screams of the we want to do a thing and no one else has given us the money to do it, let's do it ourselves, uh, kind of indie. Um rather than like with Chef and John Favreau where he just kinda of went, Let's let's not I just wanna do my own thing for a bit. I've got all the money I need, but let me, I just want to do my own thing and Let's carry on. Well, um,
3: apparently just on that, Stanley Tucci wrote it because he he wanted a good part to play. So he was yeah. like, basically, I'm not being offered it. So it's interesting when you find that these projects by actors turn writers slash directors end up going, well, these are, these are the roles that I want to be doing. Just no one's offering them me. I'll just and do I it myself. That's,
0: <laughs> on, and that's what I mean. I think it had, it had that kind of written on his, on his sleeve, like wearing its heart on his sleeve, like I want to have this kind of role, let me do this. Um, Should we head to the scores guys? Let's.
1: If there's one TV show that is going to make the whole of the UK feel that little bit better about what's going on in the world at the moment, then it has to be the Great British Bake Off, which is returned to our screens. And if you want to really understand why the dough didn't rise or why the cookie crumbled, then you'll want to hear the Baked Down podcast where my two co-hosts, former contestants Jane Beadle and Howard Middleton, who have been there and done it in the most famous baking tent of all, dissect each and every episode of the new 2020 series. Search the Baked Down wherever you get your podcasts and you'll be sure to find us.
3: Let's head over to the Watcher scores. All of the uh, watcher scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish, and we will start with you, Thea, please, with your recommendability for Big Night.
2: I recommend it uh, to everyone, including myself. Uh, so I'm going to give it a five.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about this, Theo. But Math bring up here. Yeah, no, sorry, sorry. I'm not. I, I, I can only be honest. I'm. I, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody that I know. So <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I honestly wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's okay. Can you man. Recommend me a film, yeah. so I've got to give it a zero. There, sorry. I was
0: not expecting that. Uh,
1: I know. I can't. Anyway,
0: I, I mean, I genuinely thought going into this record, this is going to get quite a quite a high score. But if it's already. Well, let's see how it plays out, Helen.
3: Oh, uh, so funny! It's normally me going, "I don't like this film," and giving it a low mark, and everyone else just being like, "Hmm." Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a funny one. I really wanted to like this more than um, I did because I can really see that it's genuinely someone trying to bring a passion project to life, and there's so much kind of you feel sort of the the, the love that's gone into it, but at the same time, the the accidents for me just don't don't work and it especially with the Ian home thing because it's like well is it is he meant to be bringing the comedy because everything else is so serious and it's a little bit unbalanced and it's it's 1 hour 49 it could be a bit shorter for i think for the story so i think if you're kind of curious about it then you should definitely check it out but it's not really one that i would say you know, you should definitely see this ahead of something else. So I'm going to give it 3.5.
0: I'm going to go for 4.5. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of film I could, you know, lounge around and watch all day. I'm quite disappointed. This is the first time I've even heard of it. Um, But I'm glad I did manage to get around to watching it. And it loses 0.5 because it's people don't like indie films and they go and see things like Cowboys versus aliens um, when there's, there's better films out there to, to watch. Um, so yeah, this is one one thing I love about Netflix and love about doing this podcast is that people bring films that I didn't know existed on there. Um, so thank you very much for doing so. Um, repeat viewing score, Matt. I can I can sense where this might be going. <laughs> right. I'm... Sorry, Thea. Sorry, Thea. No,
2: no, give it to Matt. Let it let let it rip, Matt. No, no, no.
3: no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't mess with I, the order,
2: it's it's like the uh, Zen. Of course. I full respect. Um repeat viewing. Um I've been I've been very adamant and I'm not gonna change now. Uh, definitely a five for repeat viewing. I wanna see it again. I wanna see more of the nuance between the brothers. And I'm gonna look at all the clothes again that everybody's wearing.
1: Oh! No. <laughs> okay, Matt didn't even so, want to watch
3: it the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, Helen. Um, I can't. I can't. What? What? What does one? If I say it's a one repeat review, and what does that mean? It's a lie. I'm lying to the posterity. I don't want to see it again. So it's going to be another zero. I'm very, very sorry. Was
0: it, was it really that bad? Because I've seen films where i was just literally laughable, and I, I don't know. Was it? Was it that scale of? horrific
1: for you i did not want to continue watching it and would not have continued watching it if it wasn't for like this podcast
0: i did not want to watch that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was many times i really wanted to switch it off i'm afraid so yeah Ooh. anyway i'm 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 in the minority um, i'm happy to say
0: helen
3: yeah so i'm i'm not gonna i'm very unlikely to to watch this one again i think i got everything that. Um, I
0: wanted out of it. So I'm going to go for one. Yeah, I think I'm not going to watch it that many times. I'm glad I watched it the first time. Um, but if someone said, I want to watch Big Night, I've not seen it before. I'd say, yeah, if I've got a time, I'll watch it with you. It's fine. Um, so that gives us a two, I think, point one.
1: That's my it's fault. One. I'm sorry, guys.
0: It's not, it's not your, I think recommendability was higher generally than zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, some films just don't, 't want click. to repeat viewing yeah 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 um, small screen score there.
2: yeah yeah wavered a bit I wonder have I been influenced um, by this discussion hmm. uh, but I think uh, I think a, th- a three although if it was if it was uh, announced that there would be a showing in a cinema i'd I'd go I'd like to see it on the big screen mm. um I'd like to see all the actors and and again the sets and everything so so maybe um a 3.5. For small screen,
1: Matt. Um, well, this is you know the, there's some re- really nice photography in it, so I think it would be a better experience watched on the big screen. Um, but that ironically means that it gets a low small screen score. But I'll still—is that right? Am I right? It's it, it does That's right. Yeah, this, is,
0: yeah. this is this podcast yeah. is all about the Netflix experience. Exactly.
1: Yes. So. Yeah. so um, So the only thing that might save it is a communal big screen experience. So I'll give it a, 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 I don't know, I'm going to give it a three. Helen?
3: I don't think there's anything that would sticks out to me for watching this on the cinema. It feels, it's kind of a strange film for me in that it kind of feels very, very well-suited to be watched on Netflix. And I don't know what that is about it, um, but... um, yeah, I think it's perfect viewed, uh, you know, on your on your TV. So I'm going to give it a bit of five.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give it a five as well. Um, just going going about swingers, I would love to see swingers in 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 the Prince Charles with the people who live the film. Um, if this has been yeah. Prince Charles Cinema, uh, sorry, theater, uh, and Matt, I don't know if you're aware of it, but Prince Charles Cinema is like a small indie theater in cinema in the central London. If I know it well, and yeah, the prices are low. I love it, and they. Reshow they they show films that people know, love, and like. Um, you know, from True Romance to Gremlins and Mm. Die Hard, just the name films I've seen there, and they're all great to see with other people. But the, I don't think I'd go to see this at the cinema. Um, and I don't think it looks that, uh, yeah, like Helen said, I think it works well on the Netflix ecosystem. So, five for me. Um, engagement score, there.
2: I just think I'm going to say something. The Matt's going to say something, and we are not listeners. We are not pitted <laughs> against each other here. Um, I am. Uh, I was engaged. Uh, I. I think I. I'm. 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 All the things that I have given high scores for still apply to this. That it is the the story between the two brothers, and the set that is the kitchen, and the set that is the restaurant, and everything happens in the back of the house, in the front of the house and the back of the house of relationships and the front of the house of relationships, you know, the public face of things, um, makes it for me a very engaging film. So, so yeah, five, why not? Five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what we have sometimes is defensive scoring. Uh, I don't think you're doing that, but, uh, <laughs> I, yeah,
1: I was going to recommend that you do that. Thea. You'd you'd want to, yeah. To block
0: you out. Like, no. <laughs> engagement score, Matt.
1: Yeah. So engagement score for me, um, yeah, I can't. I can't give it anything. Just seeing as I was, I was, I was gnawing at the, at the bars of my cage, watching this thing, trying to get out of watching it. So um, I can't give it anything. I can I have to <laughs> give it. I'm sorry. I have to give, You know what it reminds me of actually, while we're talking about it, is it reminds me of Cinema Paradiso which is one of those films that everybody was raving about and are so lovely. And, and then you watch it with a cold eye and you're going, oh, my God, that's some corny, trite shit. So that's that's how I feel about this. So I, I, that's
0: Tree of Life for me.
1: Tree of Life, okay, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, Something's praised and praised and, and has a real place in people's hearts. And then I look at it and go, what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, so you're doubting yourself here more than more than, more than, the, more than the film.
1: I don't know. How'd I don't that, know.
0: How does that make you feel for you? Okay, at least you know, At least you're doubting yourself, not the, not the quality of the of the of the of the movie. Oh.
1: Yeah, but I'll go. I'll go another ten rounds with it. No problem, and I explain why I didn't like it. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Zero engagement. Helen.
3: So. I don't know whether you'd be pleased to know or disappointed to know that your scores are not the lowest we've had from anyone for a film. Oh, Matt. So okay. you're not the lowest for a film from, from a Good. guest. Um, so you haven't even you've not knocked that record or become joint lowest. So. Great,
1: because I wasn't trying to.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny. Um, I, I enjoyed Cinema Parody, so I thought it was great when I saw it. But um, I know what you mean. Sometimes you watch a film and it's just why. Why am I watching this? It's it's not what I want to watch. It doesn't doesn't agree with me. Actually, interesting. This film. I was thinking about what does this film remind me? Of? This film reminds me a little bit of Mystic Pizza, a film about kind of like um, relationships, sisters, romance, and then there's kind of like a a, a food setting in there. So um, that's what it. Re- this film reminded me. I forgot to say it earlier. Um, An hour and forty nine. If it, it did feel like a, a bit of a drag for me, and uh, I'm going to say it again. I just couldn't get over the accents and I wanted to get to the, the big night a lot quicker than, than it arrived. And I I felt leading up to that point probably could have been a a little bit slicker. So a a three for engagement from me.
0: Uh, I'm going for five. I didn't know what was happening. I was looking forward to it. I was, like I said, at the start, I was really, really kind of rooting for this, for this big night to happen. Was Louis Prima going to turn up? I didn't think it was going to, but also, you know, why wouldn't he turn up? And um that kept me going all the way through to, to the beach bit at least. But then I kind of that's that making an omelet scene. I like these kind of one-shots that they did at the start and at the end, which kind of bookend mm. the film. And there's like really nice, subtle kind of camera um play at the at the end. But it, it, it got me all the way through um right to the you know to the final moment. So I was engaged. Um, that gives us an overall score of 3.16250. Mm-hmm um let's head to twitter so guys yes do follow us on twitter we are at FlixWatcherPod, pod and the main reason to listen out for us is because when we are about to record we put a shout out via twitter saying something like this we're reviewing big night with Thea and matt from pod review show have you seen it Tell us your thoughts and your score out of five stars for an on-air shout out on FlixWatcher." so we had a couple of responses oh there's a few responses um did do you want to leave us with whichever one you want to take us out with
2: Let's see, Greek Elite Media said, I watched this movie last year for the first time for my hashtag 365 movie challenge, and it instantly became one of my all-time favorites. The insanely talented cast is almost overshadowed by the, quote, cooking porn featured here. I only wish more people knew about this movie. Mitch, five
0: stars. Well, that's why we have this podcast. Uh, Matt,
1: um, Eric Thomas at ET Weekend Lights says, "I have seen it, and now every time I make a risotto, I think of that show." Thank you, Eric.
0: <laughs> we did ask for a star rating. Um, he didn't. He, he came back. Yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, I yeah.
3: beg your pardon.
1: What, what did he give us?
3: So he came back. He says, "Sorry, I give it four out of five, and now need to see it again." Ah,
1: that's nice, Helen.
3: So the next one is from uh, Sam Clements. Such a great film. Five stars.
0: And then, Tia, do you want to say the last one?
2: (laughs) Very good. Uh,
3: Tommy James,
2: five stars. Mamma mia. Um,
0: Well, thank you very much, Matt and Tia, for joining us and obviously also for reviewing us for the podcast review show. Uh, Can you tell everyone where we can find your podcast and say goodbye to everyone listening?
2: Well, first of all, thank you both so much for having us and thanks for giving us such a good opportunity to get out of our, our own review Heads uh, for something different. And everyone can find us on Twitter at Pod Review Show. And you can uh, listen to our podcast anywhere you find
0: podcasts. Well, wherever you listen to this, go to their show. That's probably the easiest way, isn't it? That's
1: it, exactly. Yeah. The Podcast (laughs) Review Show. It's been great fun, guys. Thank you very, very much for having us.
0: No problems at all. Thank you for joining us. And you should do more. Both of you should do more. um, Film reviews, but for maybe different films <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. You're You're welcome. Welcome. Bye bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter, and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram.